Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about investing in NFTs and the return of cash. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple. Still got to think about the title because I like the title. So I, I forget. I, I want to say the Ask Philip podcast. Now, this is the Ask Philip segment of the podcast every Friday. I'm doing that. But we're going to answer three questions, quick questions that people have given me this week. First one is investing in NFTs. I probably gotten asked about NFTs like every day of my like Christmas break. Uh, starting like in mid-December to yesterday, I've been asked about NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. And here's everything you want to know about NFTs. I'm going to break it into two topics. First thing is the when. And so it, I've done multiple episodes on something called the railroad principle, right? And the railroad principle is whenever there's a new industry, you want to wait. You don't want to be an early investor. It goes back to when the U.S. had railroads, which were a relatively new industry. And, and this didn't just start with railroads, right? I always talk about economies have 100-year cycles, right? But this is just part of Americans' 100-year cycle, the, the, the one of the longest, you know, within our last 100-year cycle. But when railroads were invented, a lot of investors rushed in and there were a lot of railroads. There wasn't a clear winner. There was no dominant player. There was no Google of railroads, no Amazon of railroads. It just was a bunch of railroads. And retail regular investors all piled in because there was a lot of money being made. And what eventually happened is prices run up. They crashed 8 90%. A lot of folks lose a lot of money because 90% of the railroads, and I'm making, when I say 90%, I'm just let, letting you know, the majority of railroads went out of business, things consolidated. There became a clear winner. And then that became apparent sometime in, in, within a 10-year window, and you could basically just buy the, the undisputed winner, and nobody wanted to touch it because everybody got hurt in the crash when it dropped 80 90%, and they lost everything or a bunch of their money. So then you fast forward that through airplanes, you know, <laughs> uh, cars, right, dot-com companies, Nifty 50. You, 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 when, whenever you have new age-type businesses, you have the mania run up. The crash, nobody touches it. You have a long period of time, right? The most recent being Bitcoin. A lot of people will say, "Oh, Philip, yeah, you're big on Bitcoin now because you know." But you talk, you you were you were against it in in December, you know, December, November, 2017. I said, "Ah, pause. Go listen to my podcast episodes. It is recorded." <laughs> One of the beautiful things about having a podcast. What I said was, blockchain technology is the future. It's not going away. What I also said was this is classic railroad principle, end of cycle, mania type stuff. Because whenever I have a lot of investors who are not, who haven't been investing in a while, uh, and everybody's at, who haven't invested, like, period, are asking me the same questions multiple times, <laughs> that's classic top type. You know, that's classic, like, um, top behavior, right? Um, people as a collective, 
it, think of it, think of the collective people as like a personality. And a certain, once you know somebody's personality, you can kind of predict how they're going to act, right? So I, when I start seeing that personality, I'm like, okay, cool, this is the top. But let me start studying it and understand it. And I did, and then and then I bought when time was right because Bitcoin became a, became a clear winner. It wasn't a clear winner in 2017. It is the undisputed winner, you know, now and when I bought in May of 2020. And the the rush now was clear what it was better than, and all these things. So fast forward to NFTs. That's NFTs today, right? They're they're in the top territory. People, you see a lot of people make a lot of money. Cool, be patient, right? Because this money is not going to last. But let me let me help you understand what to watch for. So here's exactly what NFTs are. NFTs are investing in culture. So think about this for a second. Let's let's take antique cars. People pay a lot of money for. You know, I'm, I'm gonna ask Steve. Steve, like, what's in the uh, like '60s? A '60s Mustang? What, what's the, the years? Like in the '60s, right? 1967. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- those cars. And if you got, if you want to think about it, who has the most money in the world right now? Boomers. Okay. How old were the boomers in 67? Right? They were like teenagers and 20 years old. And think about this. What what always happens to us? As we get older, we want to dress what? Younger. We want to be younger. We want to live forever. So we begin to like uh, you turn you turn 37 years old and you start doing Muay Thai cuz you used to you know. <laughs> yeah, it's what we it's what we do. And so it's human nature. Um and so you pair that with there's a limited amount of those cars. Boomers are rich. They always wanted one of them cars, but they were 17 and couldn't afford one. Um, and so now they got money. They go back and do it. So what are NFTs? Well, people who grew up in a digital age like uh, us millennials or and, and younger, you know, we are digitizing our nostalgia, right? But here's the, di- here's the deal. I just said it wasn't a good time to invest. But you want to pay attention to what's nostalgia for the digital generation, right? And by the way, they're going to bring in non-digital stuff into the NFT world too and sell that too. But for sake of simplicity, let's stick with a specific realm, right? Because you want to invest in culture. So let me tell you what I'm looking at. I am a huge Marvel fan, which is which is a good play box to play in because Disney's is the best at uh, building brand. They've done it over and over and over and over and over again for multiple generations. Uh, and... They went and bought Marvel, which has been another good brand of doing it over and over and over again. And so then you think about, cool, like we all grew up on Marvel, right? It's here. The movies made a lot of money, so they're relevant today. And then also they're 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 creating their own NFT marketplace, right? And you just go look it up. I last I looked, I don't know if it's up and running yet, but you can start buying stuff I haven't yet, uh, or pre-buying stuff or whatever. But the point is. Where I'm going to play is I'm going to say, cool, when, when it's time to buy and things sell off, I'm going to start looking. If they if, if they execute properly, which they probably will, right? Right now I'm speculating on whether they will, but it'll become apparent if they are doing it right once the crash happens and things become clear. But if they do, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at all the heroes. Of course, I'm going to buy Captain America. He's a classic, but that's not going to be the best of mine because he, here's, here's the other thing you got to do. Who's going to have the wealth 20 and 30 years from now? And I'm probably going to trigger somebody if they're racist. If you're racist, do, do earmuffs or misogynist. But 20 years from now, the, the, the money is not going to be in the hands of predominantly white males, which is what it is today, right? You know, uh, America is the money's being spread out among like women, minorities. And so the best bet in the NFT space when it comes to comic book and Marvels are going to be buying the female NFTs. 
the minority NFTs because the white guys are not going to buy those, right? I don't see many white kids running around with Black Panther suits on uh, for for October. And I'm it's I'm it's not a knock. I understand it's cool. Like that's fine. My point is opportunity. You can buy low because uh, you know a lot of folks are just not going to buy those when it's when it's ready. And then you kind of ride the trend of culture where twenty years from now, when you have a lot more black multimillionaire and billionaires, a lot more Hispanic multimillionaire billionaires, a lot of more Chinese. I mean, look at what the 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 I went to go see it. The um the uh what is it called? Shanghai, the Chinese superhero uh did and I mean it broke all kinds of records uh for Marvel. Um because like they they never I, I didn't even realize they never had like a Chinese, you know, uh Marvel uh main character hero um yet. And so like the world's changing quick. Um, but that's, those are the things that I'm looking at. So culture, right? How do I buy low, sell high in the NFT space? That's an example. Those are NFTs. Now, now I said I was going to answer three questions. That one took a lot longer than what I thought. So I'm just going to answer one more question. I'll get to the next one next week because this one is short. Return of cash, right? The return of cash. I know I've beat up cash a lot over the last 12 months, but what I want to make clear is like, you still want to have some cash because, you know, I had a I had a potential client I was talking to, and he's like, "Man, I'm sitting on all this cash, but he but he, he buys real estate." And I was like, "Well, but if you plan," and and he he knew that he was going to want to buy something in the next twelve to eighteen months. I was like, "Well, I would keep cash because you're looking at it as cash is going to be not earning money, but for you, you know, having cash is an opportunity. Meaning, if somebody comes to you three months from now and they're a distressed seller." and you have cash, now that cash allows you to, an example might be, if you normally would have bought it for 100 grand, but because it's a stress, you can buy it for 50, but it's, and it's really worth 200, right? You made 50 grand off top just by having cash, right? So that, that 100 grand of cash you had allowed you to buy something that you would normally would have bought for 100 for 50, that's worth 200, right? Forget the math, y'all. Just understand that it created an opportunity that you had access to, and so the cash actually earned you money because it was available versus if it were invested and we're in a down market like we are like right now, you may not have that opportunity. So when I, when I bash cash, I'm talking about like thinking that holding cash in bonds over a 10 year period is going to make you money. It's not the probability of it making you money is, is not high, like super low of you making money. But if you like, but you still want to carry cash, if you like own a business or you got things that you think you're going to want to take advantage of in the next one month, two month, and or if you run a portfolio, like I run a strategy where, you know, we have at the current moment, 30% cash because in de- at the end of December, you know, I saw cash drying up. This is a very volatile strategy. So I saw money tightening around the world. So we raised some cash. We took some losses for tax write-offs, raised some cash. We're going to redeploy it. And I'm looking at this week like, oh, I'm so glad we did that because there's so many great things on sale and we're redeploying little by little over time. Um, and so that's an example of having cash creates opportunities for us to buy Bitcoin at 41000 you know. Um, so I hope this helps. There's always nuances in, 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 in what I'm telling you about. So try your best not to take what I'm saying. Literally, this is for educational purposes. If you have a specific question, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at underscore Philip. Email me at info at stonehillwm.com. Uh, but until next week, y'all enjoy your day. 
If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.